is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. And you have found the Steelers Standard here on Steeler Nation Radio and on Steelers.com or wherever it is that you find your podcast. I'm Kellen Gursky, joined by Jacob Brecht as we are still rolling along without Tom Opferman, um, but we are making the most of it. And Jacob, last week we uh, we definitely had some news to help us a little bit in, in Tom's absence with oh yeah with David DeCastro being released by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, it's sat in now for a week, and I think um, – a lot more people are now at, have come to terms with it and understand it, mm-hmm. um, you know, because of what happened you know, has come out with, with, with DeCastro having, you know, bone spurs in his ankle. And, and that's not something that is a new injury. It's more of a wear and tear injury. Sure. And will that, you know, carry into 2021? Obviously, it will if he needs surgery, if he's going to play in 2021. And like we said the last time we talked to you, the Steelers just flat out could not risk that they could not of course not they couldn't bring him in and especially when the offensive line has to be good you can't bring him in if you don't know what you're going to get whether he's healthy or whether he was, he's even thinking about retirement and Stan Saverin mentioned this last week or maybe yesterday or t- today to me um, you know he said if you're contemplating retirement you probably already have mm-hmm. and so again there you go that's where the Steelers are at with, with, with David DeCastro and that has opened up a lot of question marks um, about the offensive line. We've talked about we talked about them a lot last week, and something new that's developed is about Kevin Dotson. But before we get there, one thing that we haven't even touched on: we had the breaking news last week, and we had to talk about what it would do to the offensive line, where the onus had already been on the offensive line for the upcoming season, even more so now without David DeCastro. But the thing we hadn't talked about at all, Jacob, is the fact that the Steelers have announced that. They will not be going to Latrobe for a second straight year for training camp. Um, they announced the team announced that they would be at Heinz Field and the uh, Southside facility. Um, you know, not to say that you know it's just it's a little it's a little confusing too um, because you know that said that the, the Steelers or the the, the the facility didn't meet up to the NFL's mm-hmm. protocols. I believe is how it was worded. How the how the uh, Steelers. Um, their, their statement was worded, which is fine. I'm not saying there's any, you know, shenanigans at hand or anything sure. like that, but it is a little strange too, because you think about some teams in the NFL, like the Kansas city chiefs, they are at a college, you know, you look at the, the, yeah. the, the Dallas Cowboys, I believe they're off site. They're not even in state and they're at a college and it, it's been approved. So what exactly did they fail? I don't know. I'm not going to get into all that. I'm not saying there's anything afloat there, but at the same time, it's a bummer because it's the second straight year in which the Steelers won't be at Latrobe. Absolutely, it's. I mean, to the city of Pittsburgh, there you can talk about things to do in the city. Nine people out of ten could tell you the best thing to do in the city is to go see the Steelers in Latrobe. It is something that people look forward to all year long. Once the off season begins, there are monuments. Within the offseason, there is the combine, and then there's the draft. And obviously in minicamp, and rookie minicamp, and OTAs, that is not open to the public. And it's not that people look forward to the preseason because we all know the, the lack of value that comes with that. I mean, sure, it's fun if the cheap the tickets are a little more less expensive, and so maybe some people can see. But, the you know, the, the, the players you're seeing aren't going to be the starters. What everyone clamors to see, as soon as the draft is over – Everyone is waiting and waiting and waiting on hands and knees 
for uh, training camp in Latrobe to start. So I think it's a big blow. And, you know, there are a lot of theories as to exactly why the Steelers chose not to hold practice at Latrobe or hold training camp at Latrobe. And I'm not one to to entertain, you know, any real, you know, ridiculous theories out there because you want to be realistic. And realistically, they did it last year. They did it at Heinz Field. And it was convenient to the players and to the coaches and the media. And it, you're you're going to a place that's an hour outside of the city compared to right across the river from downtown. Yeah, it's it's, you know, I'm not saying there's any wrongdoing. You do definitely feel bad. Um, you know, for the businesses in Latrobe and, and, and I mean, take it from us, you know, we're normally the ones that, you know, go and, and, and produce, or I guess, engineer the shows sure. at, at bars and things like that. You go to so many different places and, and you know, the, the, the livelihood of those yeah. places depend on the Steelers being, I shouldn't say the livelihood, but just no, but with they, every, they, they rely on a lot of yeah, business in I mean, that time of the year and everything going on to last year with COVID and everything like that. Um, you know, I know that sounds weird that we're kind of, you know, that like, having an ode to the businesses in Latrobe, but at the same time, um, those are businesses that we have been at, you know, that we've worked at and you, you just feel bad. It's a tough situation. And I'm not saying there's any wrongdoing to that or that the Steelers made the wrong decision or anything to that nature. But, you know, obviously it's, it's way more convenient mm-hmm. to have it at home. And I think that's one of the things that was one of the driving forces to that. I mean, you look at any NFL player, I realistically, who who wants to live in a dorm room for, you know, right. a month and a half, really, you know what I mean? In the middle of August, nobody does, you know, I, and like and, you said, you know, there were exceptions to that rule, right. such as Antonio Brown, but not, no one on this team right now is, is going to have that exception. When you consider the COVID protocols that need to be taken, they're not going to just say to anyone, Oh, because even if you're TJ Watt or Cam Hayward or Ben Roethlisberger, doesn't matter how good you are or how valuable you are to the team because right now the precautions need to be taken and you can't just have people staying wherever they want, wherever they choose. Right. So, you know, we just wanted to, you know, kind of touch on that. We hadn't exactly talked about that a lot. Last week was, you know, kind of a whirlwind considering the David DeCastro news. So, you know, it was, um, you know, it was something that we left out, but we did want to mention, um, you know, it, it is going to be different. And, you know, we, we, we kept talking about that things are starting to get back to normal based mm-hmm. on COVID and things like that. But this is just a little bit of a reminder that we're not back to normal yet. You right. know, it's, it, you know, there's still some murkiness. There's still some waters that you have to walk, but you know, it's a reminder to everybody in the world that, you know, yes, we're, we're, we're on the right side of this and we're getting there. But as we sit here in June, you know, we're, we're not out of it yet. And there's still some stuff mm-hmm. that has to be worked out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, I mean, this is what a pandemic does to you, Kellen. This yeah. is this is not something that is to be taken lightly. This is not something that can just disappear in the blink of an eye and the snap of a finger. Uh, it's going to take some time to recover. And yes, there is going to be no training camp, but at least you can say to yourself, well, the NFL says that 30 out of 32 NFL teams are planning on having right. full capacity in their home stadiums, and the Steelers are one of those 30. So, I mean... Which would you rather? Would you rather go see the Steelers train and see guys like Jalen Samuels get playing or reps with whatever team won or the first team or the second team? Or would you rather actually see Najee Harris line up against other pro NFL teams yep. in full capacity with, with the full force of Steelers Nation behind the Steelers players? You would much rather see the regular season games with a packed house at Heinz Field. Renegade will be back and better than ever. I'm sure of it. Uh, so I I mean, this is what happens when when something like 
when the size of this COVID-19 pandemic happens, it's not going to just take uh, it's not, everything's not going to not going to be fixed all at one time. You're going to you're going to have to take your time. And by this time next year, you know, even if the Steelers don't return to Latrobe, it won't be because of the pandemic. It'll be because of other reasons. Right. But they will definitely have no excuse not to be at Latrobe. And I think the one thing, as you mentioned there on the horizon for everybody, is the fact that once we get to the NFL season, once we get, you know, to that point, as you mm-hmm. said, 30 of the 32 teams have already said that they expect to have full capacity. And I think that is when we know, okay, we're really back to about as normal as sure. you can be at this point. Um, and I mentioned Jacob after, you know, being now let's move on from the Latrobe stuff. Um, I mentioned there's a new development, I guess. And there's been a lot of people talking about this over the last, I guess, day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that Dayon Kovakovic of DK Pittsburgh sports has been uh, reporting. Um, and again, this is just what Dayon has said, and it's something worth noting. Um, and we'll share our thoughts afterwards, but, um, Dayon has, has said that, um, the signing of Trey Turner might not be as cut and dry as, as we believed it to be. Um, he is saying that they did, they were going to do that regardless of the David DeCastro news. Um, because they aren't exactly happy with Kevin Dotson. Now, I'm not saying that's what the Steelers think or the Steelers are doing. I'm just saying that's what has been reported on. Um, Dayon has said that that Kevin Dotson has come in out of shape. He hasn't worked out, that sort of thing, maybe into the idea that he already had the guard position locked up, that he was going to be a starter. And look, I'm not saying that this is happening, but you've seen that before in the right. NFL. That sort of thing has happened before. So it's not crazy to, you know, to see this and think it could happen. Um, so that led, you know, to a lot of question marks and a lot of people are, you know, are, are kind of calling day on out. And, and, and I don't necessarily believe it either. I'll go on record to say that. I don't believe that Dotson hasn't worked out. I've seen pictures of him at OTAs and he's, built like a brick bleep house i mean he really is that's what you want your guard to look like and i think dodson is a guy as we talked about he's very important to this offensive line he's very important because of the fact that hey you don't have david DeCastro now and he really needs to step up even more so than what he needed to before but i don't buy into what day on has reported um i mean hell dodson himself on twitter has kind of silenced the rumors a little bit and not a slight on day on, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the guy that's there, the guy that's doing it other than the reporter. Right. Um, but again, as I said, it's not, you know, it's not crazy to think that this sort of thing could happen. But, you know, it's a possibility that maybe the Turner signing isn't as cut and dry as we once thought it was. Yeah, I mean, you would hope not. Right. right. You, you hope it is cut and dry, because right now with everything that's going on, I mean, Yes, it's good that the Trey Turner signing did happen, but you want it to only be good because of the departure or the release of David DeCastro, and for no other reason whatsoever. You want you want um, DeCastro, or you want I'm sorry, you want Kevin Dotson to be just fine. You want him to be a okay. And yeah, Kellen, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go with the guy who's actually being reported on, and that's Kevin Dotson. I mean, the fact that he saw this and and was outspoken about it himself kind of tells me that 
that it's okay. I mean, I mean, if he had believed it, you know, maybe you could say, well, that's why he's denying it because he doesn't want people to believe it's true, even though it is. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the other direction on this one and say, well, I believe that he denies this because he believes that he is okay and, and he is ready to go. And there, there's not like a, 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 a that whatever was reported by Dayon isn't necessarily the truth or more so an exaggeration. Yeah, and I think maybe that's where it is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing some diving into this, I think, much more than I probably should. Um, Jeff Schwartz, um, former NFL lineman um, for the New York Giants. Now he's on Sirius and Fox Sports. I'm sure you've mm -hmm. seen him there before. He's quote tweeted the, the story and said this story is um, he's got an emoji of a bowl and an emoji of poop. So <laughs> make of that what you will. Um, and, you know, Dayon is doing this for 25 years, and I'm not saying that his source is wrong. But Jeff Schwartz says his source isn't better than ours, so it's pointless to who told him that. So, look, I I'm not burying Dayon by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think the signing, I don't think there's anything else behind it other than, you know, DeCastro. Look, I mean, you needed a guard. You needed somebody to play, and you didn't have one. You kind of had an oblique moment when you released DeCastro, and you realize, oh, his ankle is a lot worse than we originally thought. We don't really have another option here. You have to sign someone. Someone's going to have to play guard for you. Uh, granted, you have Finney, who I guess could start in a pinch, you know, could play in a pinch at guard. But I, I really don't think there's any more to this other than the fact that the Steelers absolutely had to do something, and I think they made the right move there. Yeah, I think they did too. And it, I, I had said earlier, I think – you want this signing of Trey Turner to be regardless of the performance yeah. or the or the appearance of Kevin Dotson. You want it to have everything to do with the fact that David DeCastro had to be released because of his struggles uh, off the field injury related. Even though we were hearing it's a non-football injury, regardless of what it was, you have to assume and you have to hope that the Trey Turner addition only comes from the departure of David DeCastro, you want you want to be at net zero basically when, when you're talking about this Trey Turner thing. You don't want it to be you have Trey Turner because now you seem to be down on Kevin Dotson. You don't want to be in the negative in that aspect. Right. And Dayon has said that, you know, he was at camp and he didn't think anything looked out of the ordinary for Dotson, but that's just what he was told, and that's his job to report on what he's told. And I understand that. Um again, I don't think there's anything wrong with Dotson. Granted, could the Steelers have maybe just told Dayon their coach or whoever it is just to light a fire under dots and sure that that's a possibility as I said before way to go about it it is but I mean you know it could be just a way to light a fire under him or something was taken out of context or something like that um, you know because you don't really see a lot of other people talking about it Dayon's really the only one so I don't know you see this sort of thing it could be to light a fire under him like I said he does I think that the onus even more so now is on Dotson who albeit doesn't have a lot of experience on the offensive line, but was probably, if not the best, the second best lineman on that team last year. And there wasn't really a lot of guys close to him. There, you know, when no, you look at his body uh, yeah, of work, um, I don't really think there's a lot of guys close to Kevin Dotson last year. And I believe he only started in four or five games. I mean, if, if Chase Claypool doesn't have the breakout season that he does, if, if he doesn't have that good relationship with Ben Roethlisberger, we're going to be, we would have been sitting here talking about, how Kevin Dotson should have been Rookie of the Year for the Steelers last yeah. year. And, I mean, it's different, obviously, when it's a skill guy compared to a lineman, and the lineman didn't start much. But right, I, but I do see your point. We, we've talked about how it was 
there was no receiver who really got his own and stood out in terms of yardage, but Claypool was the one who stood out in terms of touchdowns. Right, right, right. It, it, that could have been any any of the four. It could have been James mm-hmm. Washington, Deontay, or Juju, not just Claypool. And if it was someone like James Washington or Deontay or Juju and not Claypool and say – Say Claypool has a a good season with 700 yards and four touchdowns. We're still sitting here thinking to ourselves, okay, this was a good draft pick. We're happy with him. He's developing. He's getting better. He's he has the build of a wide receiver one. But in terms of actual production value to the team, Kevin Dotson was the most valuable rookie. No, I I, I could agree with you there. I don't really see um, you know too big of a a question mark raised there. I think that's a fair point. Um, but again, talking about this, this offensive line with Dotson and, you know, whether they believe that Dotson, you know, whatever, uh, the report about a day on uh, the day on has said, I don't know if I give much credence to it, but again, if it does set up for competition at camp, that's never a bad thing. Competition isn't a bad thing. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, look, if it is a competition at any point and someone beats Dotson out, or I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if it does, okay, you know what I mean? Then maybe there was some credence to that. But if someone does beat him out, that means the other person deserves it more than Dotson does. I don't see that happening. I hope it um, doesn't happen. Right. I mean, I think Dotson is the one guy that, um, you know, well, especially now, I think the one guy that you really couldn't afford to lose was David DeCastro. That bridge is already up in flames. So I think now the guy you really can't afford to lose is Dotson because of the fact that, like we said, he was probably – um, the best, if not the second best lineman on that on the line last year, albeit his short sample size, but he was very good last year. Now I think again he's one of the guys you really need to step up. And again, th- this report has come from one person. I'm not saying that it's wrong or it's right. I don't believe it, but I think the onus, without question, is on him. Um, you know, you lose DeCastro. Now the onus is kind of on Dotson. And to be fair, I think it's a little bit on Trey Turner, too, um, because you're coming in to replace David DeCastro. And and Turner's kind of a guy that, yes, we we talked about a lot, obviously, when, you know, the move was made and, and um, you know, the, the Steelers brought him in. But it was more about the surprise of DeCastro. But Turner's a capable player. In his six years in league, he's been to the Pro Bowl five times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do I expect him to be – that guy, I don't know. He was beat up a lot last year. He only played in nine games. He kind of had a bum hamstring. Um, that's why he only played in nine games for the Chargers last year. But if he could be, I'm not saying he's going to be at a Pro Bowl level, but if he could just be serviceable and, and be decent and be, I mean, towards good, it, it could give the, the that group a huge, huge boost. Absolutely, but you don't know essentially because when you talk about the Pro Bowl, Kellen, yeah. It's not, I think it's lost a lot of its credit. It has. I mean, it is not the hardest thing in the world to make a Pro Bowl as an NFL player. It, that That's related to guys who are in the Super Bowl playing and they don't want to play guys just overall who don't want to risk the injury or guys who were voted to the Pro Bowl but were injured and were unable to appear or, or travel to to appear. So... There's a lot of different ways you can make the Pro Bowl roster, not just as the starter. So I don't, I haven't gone back and done my research in terms of how he got there, if he was ever that, you know, first ballot Pro Bowler any of those four years. But I mean, yeah, you want to give him credit where credit is due. So good for him that he made it. I mean, I'm I, I could be sitting here telling you that look, Chuksa Korfor hasn't made a single Pro Bowl. Right. Zach Banner hasn't done so. David DeCastro hadn't in a while. 
so you can't you can't just knock uh, Trey Turner for not making one when all the other guys on the offensive line of the Steelers have yet to make one combined. So good for Trey Turner, and you hope that that kind of resume that he has built and that type of pedigree that he is bringing to the Steelers offensive line room uh, is something that could be trans translated into leadership, like legitimate, real leadership. But I don't know, just because of the amount of new faces and, and young guys on this on this offensive line, I really don't know if Trey Turner is going to be the one that will actually step up. I mean, he's definitely going to have to step up to be a starter. I mean, at this point, I don't think there's yeah, any question. Um, but, you know, you, you mentioned the, the, the young offensive line, and I think something that really hasn't been talked about a lot um, has been here, too, is the fact that, at least right now, um, the, the feeling is, you know, because Chooks played right tackle last year, the feeling is that he might have to play, he's probably going to play left tackle this year. Um, and that's a new move, right? That, I mean, I know essentially you're playing tackle, but left tackle is way more important, as we all know. Not even that, but you're when you consider the tackle, that is the opposite right. end of the right, offensive right. line. Yeah, I mean, he's it's kind of a new position. I mean, it basically is a new position from right to left. And as we said before, Chooks is the most tenured guy on this offensive line as we sit and speak right now. But that's not a lot. I mean, he I think he has like 470 snaps in his career. I don't know how many of those are as a starter, but that gives you an indication there. And then the assumption is, is that Dotson's going to be at left guard. Again, another small sample size, but he was good last year in this in this small sample size that we saw him. And then at center, you still don't know where you're going to be at center. As we talked about the last time, you know, that we talked, um, you know, I, I brought up the fact, is it more important now? for the Steelers to start Kendrick Green because of the fact that DeCastro is not there. I think you and I both agree that the answer is yes, but that doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. There's still a lot of things to go down before the first football game of the year, um, before the first regular season game of the year, I should say. Um, there's a lot to be proven in camp for Kendrick Green or B.J. Finney or J.C. Hassenhauer. Don't forget about Hassenhauer either. He's still on the team. Not to say that he's going to push for a starting role, but, um, you know, there's at least three guys at that position that have shown that they can play at an NFL level, all at varying skill sets. Well, green hasn't proven that yet, but you draft him in the third round that, that tells you that you're pretty high on the kid. Um, and you then would, you would hope so because right. we've heard so many people say to us and, and say from the Steelers that it's not necessarily his position to lose his, his right. roster spot to lose. But to me, that honestly makes zero sense because you don't lose a guy like Marquise Pouncey and then use a third, a a top three round pick on a guy of that same position when yeah. when it's such a critical position. This isn't you know Antonio Brown retiring at the end of his career and there's only one receiver on the team that needs to be that needs to replace Antonio Brown or or a running back or or a cornerback or this is the only position other than the cornerback or other than the quarterback. Sorry that really only has one guy that you want starting because yeah. a lot of teams you know out there have two tight end sets or running back by committee this is really the only position other than quarterback of course kicker and punter are there too but let's I mean we're not going to spend too much time talking about special teams players here this is the one position other than the number one position I would say in all of sports that you have to make sure you have a guy and I don't think you go out and use a top three round draft pick on someone who is replacing a 12-year veteran on the team for no reason. 
Right. And I mean, you look at this offensive line and as we said, um, to rattle it out here, you have Turner, the expected guy to replace the Castro at the right guard. And then Zach Banner coming off his, um, you know, his season ending injury last year, um, probably playing right tackle this year. Um, and that's new for him. You know, he, he won the job last year, but didn't play. And this will be his, hopefully his, his first full year as a starter. Um, you know, and there's still some question marks. Um, not, I, I don't want to say, make it sound like it's, you know, do or die. Who's going to be the third tackle. Um, you know, is it going to be Joe Hegg, which, you know, you brought him in. Um, it's a possibility or will it be Dan Moore? You know, a guy you used a, a fourth round pick on or fifth round pick on this year, a guy that you see something in. I don't know if that's going to happen. And Oh, by the way, don't forget, you know, the Steelers side signed Rashad coward. Um, the guy from the, the, uh, the bears, um, not to say that he's going to be, you know, anything in particular, but, um, you know, you at least know what you got there. And I think, that's going to be the most important thing for the Steelers. And this is more so once you get to preseason, once you get to camp, you really need to find an identity for the offensive line. And I know the identity is supposed to be smash mouth, ground and pound, get back to that style of play, which I think the Steelers do need. I think anybody who watched them last year would agree with that. Um, But again, it's about seeing it and you don't know, you know, especially I don't think, I don't think anybody expected DeCastro to, to leave. And again, it was shocking when it happened. You understand now why it happened. Um, but it, you know, I think it's really important for the offensive line to kind of find that identity. And I know the, what their identity is supposed to be, mm-hmm. but you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it could be kind of a blessing in disguise. And I, and I don't mean this to sound really negative, but you know, you know, you think back and a lot of Steeler fans, you know, um, People want it to be like the old days, and and you know I don't I don't know if you can really say the old days, but people want it to be the same as it was, you know, five six years ago, even ten years ago. Um, but at the same time, you know, you look at as we've gone through the last decade, especially the last three or four years, the offensive line play really has declined. So maybe sure. maybe four new faces or five new faces, I guess, um, on the offensive line is a good thing. And I know that might sound weird because you need stability at the offensive line, uh-huh. but you know, as of the last couple of years, the offensive line play hasn't been great. No, it hasn't. And you know, we can spend all this time talking about the importance of rebuilding the offensive line versus rebuilding the running back core. Yeah. But you need to do at least a semblance of both. Right. And it was obvious that the Steelers were going to address the running back dilemma when they drafted Najee Harris in the first round and he's been as we've said time and time again maybe our favorite player that we have seen throughout this entire offseason process uh, from what the Steelers have been able to release any footage that they've shown of Najee has been awe-inspiring of us it, it's it's incredible to see this guy's production or and capabilities but that's that's just one piece of the puzzle that's 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 half the that's half the process that you have to take in order to fix that whole unit uh, of your offense because we know that the the pass offense is there. It's just it's reliant on how well can Ben carry himself in what should be his last year uh, with the Steelers. But in terms of the run game, it's equally reliant on the running back as it is the state of the offensive line. And as you said, Callan, perfectly, I mean, this offensive line has not been up to par from what the Steelers fans and Steeler nations have been used to uh, for the better part of, you know, since the 2000s when it started all 
the way back when Alifanica was on the team. I mean, you just had guys pour in year after year. Other than that 2008 stretch, I mean, as Ben Roethlisberger laughed about on the podium of the Super Bowl 43 celebration. Other than that, I mean, you really can't think of a down down year or down stretch of years like we've seen these last two or three uh, for the offensive line. So it's something that definitely needs to be addressed. I don't know if with the additional space left on the cap, do the Steelers go out and get maybe one more piece? It's possible. But just to add some depth, because it seems like there are a lot of issues of depth on this team, but especially now with maybe this, if if there's any air of truthness to this Kevin Dotson news, that would maybe, to me, say, if I'm with the Steelers, say, maybe we do need to just both put one more piece on this line just as a, as a insurance policy. Yeah, not to say, and I know you're not saying that, but just to say, you know, in case there is a little bit of truth to that, and really quick, I, I we didn't talk about this, we didn't have the details of the deal with Trey Turner. Um, one year, $3 million, mm-hmm. and then you think about what the Steelers saved with the Castro. Right. Um, it was 8.75, so you subtract the $3 million off of that, the Steelers still have five point seven five dollars to play million dollars to play with, not five point seven five dollars, but five point seven five million dollars. To your point, you could add somebody else. You know, guys yeah. like Malik Hooker, yeah. or guys like Justin Houston are floating around. Not to say you necessarily need that, but you have a little bit more room to maybe bring somebody mm-hmm. else in. I know. Yeah, we I'm, to- to- I'm totally fine with the specs of the Jay yeah. Turner deal. Right, absolutely. If it allows you to bring in somebody else, and you know, you maybe get Trey Turner at a better playing quality than what DeCastro was mm-hmm. last year, because I think that's a realistic possibility is the fact that DeCastro started to decline. Will Trey Turner be there or better? There's a real possibility there. Do we think there's a possibility of Trey Turner returning to the Steelers after the 2021 20, season? Who knows? I mean, they're yeah. going to have a hell of a lot of yeah, cash right, space. Right, so, exactly. I guess um, it depends on his performance this year. Yeah, it's not going to depend on money. That's, no, no, that's no, for no. sure. It's not going to depend on money um, next year for the Steelers. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Um, thank you for listening, whether it's on Steelers Nation Radio or on the podcast side on Steelers.com or um, wherever it is you get your podcasts, on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever it is. On the next episode, um, there was an interesting article on NFL.com by Adam Rank, and he talks about the state of the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers. We will discuss that on the next episode of the Steelers Standard.